Tiger Woods having a, uh, he's live. Recovery has been much more difficult. Yeah, of course, you're 40-something. I don't know what's, he just posted a thing on Instagram a couple days ago, a week ago, I don't know. Taking a, you know, swinging the old wrenches. And of course, got the the rumor mill swell. Oh, hey, is he coming? He's back. Tiger's back. I don't fucking know. He's just. But then he came. All right. Shut up, Tiger. But then he came out and he's having this thing. You know, he said these, you know, his days of full time golf are over. Well, yeah, I mean, they've kind of been over for a while. I know. I know. I know he. Maybe 2019 had a pretty regular schedule for the first time in a while. Uh, I mean, there were some years there we didn't play at all. Or he played, I think there was one year where he played like a little bit of one tournament. I think he's been in a tournament at least once a year. At least once. Ever since, you know, his downfall. (laughs) Obviously, everything that happened back, uh, what, 12 years ago? 13, yeah, 12 years ago was... It was Thanksgiving 2009, I think, wasn't it? Tiger Woods, uh, Elon. Is that her name? Elon. His wife came out and, you know, smashed, he crashed the car. And then she she smacked him with a golf club or something. I don't even remember at this point, which is sad. Uh, but anyways, uh, he, had, he had all kinds of stuff. I mean, he had that injury. After the 2008 U.S. Open, really the injury in 2008 after the U.S. Open, uh, that was the uh, that was like the last great the last great stand of Tiger Woods. He won the U.S. Open on a Monday when everybody was at work, even though everyone I think figured out a way long before everyone had iPhones and just easy, super simple access to all this stuff. I think people people at work figured out a way to watch. The uh, I can't think of the guy's name that he beat in 2008. How sad is that? It's already, it's over. It's just like, yeah, the memory's the memory's gone. The memory that I once had, where I could just remember people's names pretty easily, it's it's over. But anyway, uh, it's it's right on the tip of my tongue. It, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh so defeating Rocco Mediate. Rocco Mediate. I I would have sat here for an hour and a half and not gotten that name right. But remember that 2008 he won the U.S. Open, but he was horribly injured, just had all kinds of issues and made it, won that championship, and that was like the last big win. Then he had injuries. He had the whole thing, the whole, all of his uh, his affairs coming to light, and his wife chasing him with the golf club and crashing his car and. Just all this, all this horrible shit, and then uh, just plagued with injuries, coming back and ha- having some moments here and there, you know, so- some that were more contrived than others. You know, when they try to pair up back in, I, th- I want to say 2010, he came back. He played in the Masters. They paired him up with Mickelson. It wasn't all that exciting. Uh, and then 2009, and then he was out. I'll just he was he was out more than he was in. Tournament here, tournament there. Uh, Then there was one, I want to say like 2012, 
12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. He didn't even, yeah, I think there was one little tournament that he just, just played maybe the first day, missed the cut, was injured again. And that was it for the whole year, I feel like. 2014, 2015, I, I don't know. I don't even know. And then, of course, the big, the big deal was in 2019 where he won the Masters. Came back, he wins the Masters. That was huge. And then it was like, uh, it was huge. It's been cool. I mean, like having Mickelson win, what did he win, the U.S. Open this year, Mickelson? I feel like that was that was a cool moment. Uh, a lot of sweaty people sweating on him, breathing on him. But, hey, all good fun. Uh, but Tiger Woods had the big the big Masters win in 2019. That was that was pretty cool. But, I mean, he wasn't fu- – I, I mean, 2008, I really feel like 2008 was the last time you could say Tiger Woods even was a full-time golfer. Try as he, He's been trying to be a full-time golfer for a long time <laughs> since then. And he's had, he's had some years when he's you know, playing pretty regularly, but still nothing compared to the old Tiger Woods. And you're never going to have that. Most people didn't think Tiger Woods would ever come back and win a major. Some people didn't think Tiger Woods would ever win a tournament. I said back in 2000. 11 2012 that was the that was the question du jour back then and i remember the late the late john turgeon director of finance and uh chris one of the cackling crows one of my buddies we were sitting there talking about you know turgeon was just a golfing fiend an avid golfer if ever there was one he didn't really give a shit about the beach or boats or any of that florida stuff just golf Golf, golf, golf. He was a, he was a golf nut, and uh, I'm talking about that and saying, "Hey, you think Tiger Woods will ever win another major?" I said, "I absolutely think one. the 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 goal is one. That's the that's the the over under. The over under is uh, is I guess zero. <laughs> I'll take the yeah. I think I said I think Tiger Woods will manage to win a major. Now, if you ask me if he'll win two. Or three, I don't know. But I said back then, 10 years ago, I said, yeah, I think Tiger Woods will definitely win a major. I don't know if it'll be the Masters, I don't know, but it'll be something. And and uh, I believe Turgeon agreed with me, and I think Chris, if I, I might have this swapped topsy-turvy, but yeah, there were some that said, no, I don't think he'll ever win another major. Some in this discussion said, I don't think he'll ever win a tournament. Some, and you listen to sports radio at the time. That was the question. Everybody was saying, will Tiger Woods ever win another major again? Will he ever win any? Yeah, he'll win. He's Tiger Woods. Trust me. Uh, unless he gets run over by a car, he's going to win something. And I believe he'll win another major, and he did in 2019. Now, now if you ask me today, will Tiger Woods win another major? That doesn't seem super likely, but also I would not say – I still wouldn't say no. Could Tiger Woods win, win another major? Yeah, he could. And it's not as likely as, you know, even 10 years ago uh, when it was still not that likely. But, uh, yeah, it looks like his full-time days are behind are behind him. I don't know. What the hell is he talking about? This is because of an accident and because of injury. It's not yeah. because you reached – 75 years old is that easy for you to, to compute in your mind or is it difficult that you're going to be stopped or, or pulled back because of no, it's, external it's very easy given the fact that i was able to come back after 
the, the, the fusion surgery and do what I did. You know, I, I got that, mm. I got that last major, you know, and I, I there you go. two more events along the way. So, uh, there you go. He said it. I got that last major tiger woods knows it, it's, it's over. This is him. This is him basically having a press conference to say it's over. Does that mean it's over? No, but it's over. <laughs> over in the sense that, like, hey, everybody, you know, my whole purpose. I mean, the guy was, how many times was he injured in the last 10 years? Trying to push himself way too hard, I'm sure. Trying to do way too much to get that one more major. And to get any other wins along the way that he could pepper on there. And he did. He got a couple other wins. He won a few tournaments. And then he won the big one. The biggest one. Two years ago. The Masters. And I would not expect to see that happen again for Tiger Woods. Okay, that's not what we're here, though. We're here to talk about uh, football, I think. So, Tiger, hey, I hope I hope he gets uh, – I hope there's some miracle surgery type thing. Yeah, he had that car accident in February, and that's pretty much – if he didn't have the car accident in February – I'd say, yeah, the guy can, uh, you know, he could probably pull pull off another another one, another big one, but uh, it's not not looking so great. Yeah, the recovery has been much more difficult. You know, you can't if you can't physically do it, you can't physically do it. Tiger had all those injuries for years, but he was able to, you know, he had this the operations here, recovery there, play a tournament here, get injured, be out for a while, be out for a year, be out for whatever, uh, but he still managed to come back. This seems like it's. I mean, the guy was going. How fast was he going around those around those curves? And yeah, not good. All right, week twelve NFL. We're ten minutes into this thing. We're finally talking about football. I was nine and six because Washington won last night. Uh, I almost I got a little scared for a second. I was pretty confident that Washington would win because Seattle's not that good this year. I don't know what happened with uh, with Russell Wilson. But he's not. This is not the Seahawks team from last year. It's not the Russell Wilson from last year. It's just not. Uh, it's just not happening for these guys. And that's you know. It also doesn't help when you're playing in the same division as my Super Bowl champion Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> uh, so I had picked Washington to win last night Monday Night Football, and they did. But it got close. There was a few. Uh, uh, you know, the overturned touchdown. It looked like because they were up twenty three to to Noin, and then that got overturned. So it looked like, okay, Seattle has a chance here. They score that touchdown, get a two-point conversion, they can tie it up. They did score the touchdown. It was not after, uh, not until uh, uh, Wilson got sacked, it seemed like 3,000 times before that, but, I mean, one of them, it looked like, it looked like Roman Roy pushing Kendall to the ground on this week's succession. He just got... It wasn't even a. I mean, it was a sack technically, but he was just. It was just a good shove, and down he goes. Like, oh no! And that dude, I feel like that dude's older than he is, but he's like, he's like thirty two or thirty three or something. All these, it sucks to be. That's the other reason I don't want Tom Brady to retire because as soon as Tom Brady's done, I think that officially means there's nobody in the NFL who's older than I am. It's weird when you get to like when you're. You know, until you're in college, you watch all these. They're all older than you are. All the pro athletes are older than you. Maybe in the NBA, okay, there's some 18, 19-year-olds, but sure. Um, but you get to college and, like, 
okay, now you're sort of the same age as the rookies, and then you're in your 20s, 20s to mid-30s, you're pretty much the same age. It's like, wow, this is it's so weird. Like These are all people who graduated around the same time as me. They were born at the same time, and they're, they're big-time pro athletes. And then you get up into your past 35 (laughs) and those those they start dropping off and in some certainly in some sports there's a longevity that that doesn't exist in others and you can have you know there aren't a lot of 40 somethings in the nfl because the nfl is not designed for 40 somethings really good quarterbacks who can be protected for a while and keep themselves in shape and healthy yeah they can play into their 40s uh you know Favre was what 41 uh Brady, obviously, he's 43, 44, um, which is just crazy. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing. We don't have to talk about all the – and then, of course, kickers. Uh, you, you, have, uh, you can have some kickers, punters, kickers, who can, who can uh, you know, sustain that because they're not – typically not getting knocked around. Uh, but it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty small shelf life. I mean, really, a lot of players – make it you know mid to late 20s is really the thing and then some other you know certain positions quarterbacks and so forth definitely into their 30s mid 30s and then once once you get to be past 35 36 it's like oh my god there's now most of the people are younger than me and then when you get to your 40s it's like oh my god everybody playing professional sports is younger than i am by a considerable amount not just by a year or two but by a solid (laughs) a solid decade decade and a half Maybe even, I mean, there are people playing professional sports right now who are 20 years younger than I am. <laughs> people playing pro- professional sports who were born in like 2000, who were born after the 90s ended, who are professional athletes on the young side of that. But still, like, it's it's hard to digest. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> so when I see Russell Wilson, who's been around for a while, and I think, oh, the guys, he's yeah. I mean, it's it's getting close to that. He's got to be what thirty eight, thirty nine. No, he's like just barely in his thirties. Holy shit! Uh, so anyway, so I'm nine and six uh, because Chicago they beat Detroit. Da- I had that was wrong about Dallas. They lost to to Vegas. Buffalo beat New Orleans. I had that one. Pittsburgh lost to Cincinnati big time. Missed that completely tampa bay beat indy had that the giants my regrettable pick over somebody i can't even think who did they beat philadelphia and yeah so i had that atlanta beat uh somebody jacksonville (laughs) yeah so i had that houston loses to the jets the battle of the suck asses and and i guess houston is they're the new jets i guess they suck the most uh, so I was wrong about that. Carolina lost to Miami. Did not expect that, but that's what happened. So I was wrong there. New England, they win against the Titans, a very good Tennessee Titans team. And New England is now the best team in the AFC. Hello. Uh, Los Angeles Superchargers, of formerly of San Diego, lost to somebody. And I can't even think of who they lost to, but they lost who the hell did they? I, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. And uh, the Rams lost. So I had those wrong. San Francisco won. Uh, Baltimore won. And Washington won. So that puts me at 9-6 and six for this week. 
you know, okay. Not bad, not great, but again, I have not been under 500. I have not been the worst. I think I had an 8 and 8 week somewhere in there. So, okay. Uh, okay, the Chargers lost to the Broncos. That's right. Oh, the, of course, and the Rams lost to the Packers. Meh. It was a close game. San Francisco beat Minnesota. Baltimore beat Cleveland. Washington beat Seattle. Okay, so 9-6. and six. Now, week 13, here we go. Dallas at New Orleans. Who do I like in this particular matchup of football players? Well, that's a great question. I am going to definitely, I'm going to take Dallas. Let me circle Dallas on my official Birthday Boy Podcast NFL picks sheet here. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. I would like to take the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Giants at Miami. Let's not go crazy with the Giants. I think Miami is pretty good here, and I'm going to take them. My Super Bowl champion, Arizona Cardinals at Chicago Bears. I'll take the Cardinals. Los Angeles Superchargers at Cincinnati. You want to take all signs point to Cincinnati, right? Like the Chargers lost to Denver. Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh. There's something about it. I want to, I don't know why I want to take the Chargers, but yeah, I don't think I should take the Chargers. I'll take, I'll take Cincinnati. I'll take Cincinnati. Uh, who do you have here? Minnesota. Ugh, but, but the Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to put that as, as a regrettable pick. By the way, my regrettable picks last week, um, I don't, only one of my regrettable picks was was wrong. Wait. Yeah, and that was the Rams and Green Bay. I, that was a regrettable pick. New England, Tennessee was – I hate the fact that I regretted that, but, hey, I was wrong. Giants, that was a regrettable pick against the, the Eagles. And uh, Washington and Seattle was somewhat regrettable. And that was a very close game. So, it was, yeah, it's pretty close. Oh, a, a my pillow commercial. That's great. Uh, Minnesota at Detroit. Well, I would never take Detroit any time for any reason. So I take Minnesota. Philadelphia at the Jets. Eagles at Jets. I'll take Philly. Indy at Houston. I'll take Indy. Washington at Las Vegas. Raiders. Boy, that's an interesting one. Let me come back to that. I'm going to take the Rams over the Jaguars. Baltimore over Pittsburgh. I'm going to take San Francisco over Seattle. That might be some I'm going to put somewhat regrettable. Denver and KC, I'm going to take Kansas City and I'll take New England over Buffalo in the Monday night football game. And now I have to come back and pick Washington and Las Vegas. These games all seem pretty easy to pick this week, which means I'm probably going to be I probably will have four of these right. Because it'll just be a, it'll just be one of those topsy turvy kind of weeks. Uh, Washington at Las Vegas. Do I want to take Washington? I don't. I I I don't know. Las Vegas beat Dallas. Have they have they done well against the NFC uh, East? Yeah, I think they have. I oh boy, this is. I'm gonna take. Fuck, I'm going to take Washington. I can't believe I'm taking Washington. And I'm putting that as a regrettable pick because that's really tough. That is That could be that could be uh, the real close game this, uh, this coming weekend. I think New England and Buffalo will probably be spectacular. 
I don't know. I, I think there'll be some surprise, uh, good, close games here. Uh, Miami and New York Giants. I always like when those two teams meet. I don't know why. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's just some some weird thing that they always they seem to have good games. I'm looking forward to that. All right, so that's it. So there you go. I've got Dallas, Tampa Bay, Miami, Arizona, Cincinnati, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Indy, Washington, L.A. Rams, Baltimore, San Francisco, Kansas City, and New England. Those are my picks. I, I don't play the music anymore. I know. I just it takes up it takes time. I don't have time to play the the music. Dun, 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 dun. Those are my picks of the week. All right, so that could be good. Uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, so what are there, like four teams who are off this week? Yeah, should we play the fun game where I try to figure out or I try to guess which teams are off? Green Bay. I don't see Green Bay anywhere, so they they have a bye week. All right, Green Bay is off. Uh, let's let's see. That's the NFC North. Uh, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit are there. NFC Oh, Carolina. I don't see Carolina anywhere, so they're off this week. All right, that's an easy one. Uh, what about the NFC East? You got Dallas, you got Washington. Yeah, they're all there. NFC West. You got Arizona. You got San Francisco, Seattle, uh, and what's the other one? Like I'm, I totally. San Francisco, oh, L.A. Rams, yeah, they're all in there. Uh, Denver, Kansas City, Oakland, or whatever they're called, and the L.A. Chargers, so they, yeah, they're all in there. New England, Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets, they're all in there. Uh, Indy, Houston, Jacksonville, what's the other one? <laughs> Tennessee, oh, it's Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee's playing. Okay, getting closer. Uh, how about the, that's the south, that's... uh. Let's see, Cleveland and Cleveland. Cleveland's off. Did I get them all? I think I did. Let's see. Let's take a look. Are those the teams with bye weeks this week? I do believe if we check ESPN.com for the football schedule. I haven't seen a lot of college basketball in the last few days. I really, uh, it was, by the way, it was great to see Dick Vitale. Back, uh, that was last, that was a week ago. I think that was Tuesday. And then he did a game on Saturday. And that was so, just so emotional. It was so good. Uh, let's see, Cleveland, Green Bay, Tennessee, Carolina. Look at that. I love it. I love playing the, I, I, I've been playing this for 20 years. The which teams have a bye week game where I look at the who's playing and I try to like, what teams are missing? All right. Uh, well, yeah, Dickie V. He's back, uh, you know. Has he's been having the cancer treatments and so forth, and it was uh, it was so cool to see him uh, back in the uh, in the booth last Tuesday. It's the only sucky thing was that it was like I think the game started. It was very late, but you still. I I mean, it was Tuesday, so it was like. Uh, here we go. Is this it? Yeah. Uh, let me play this. Let me play this real quick. This was just so nice. Dickie, it is so great to see. I know you would not miss this. All of you are aware that Dick is battling cancer. The fact that you've made it out to Las Vegas for a game that I know you had circled for a long, long time is just awesome. Great to see you. 
afraid of being here, Dave. I didn't want to cry. I can't believe I'm sitting here. This is really a big thrill for me. I want to thank all you people. Send me so many great messages. ESPN, Jimmy Pataro, all my buddies in ESPN. I want to thank certainly my family and all the fans. My, you've been unbelievable. On October 12th, Obi, I'll be honest with you, when they walked in and told me I had cancer, they thought it was bile duct cancer. And it was really going to be a serious surgery at all. I never dreamt at 82 that I'll ever be a courtside again. But to be here today, I'm sorry. I hope I don't cause a problem out there, but I, I feel so emotional. Don't apologize for anything. Well, and the game is the big thing. So let's get this game going. <laughs> talk some basketball, the really. That's so great, right? I love... I don't know anybody. Does anybody dislike Dickie V? I mean, I know it's easy to kind of poke fun at, you know, the dookies, you know, the diaper dandies, <laughs> all, all of his sayings and stuff. This guy, he's real special. He's very special. You know, he's just, he's Dickie V. He's a treasure. They're just, they don't have these guys anymore. There's just not, not, not people like this. It's so sad. Like, everybody everybody is so fucking manufactured. Everything is so fucking manufactured these days, right? Do you agree with this? Do you agree with this statement? Uh, it's just like, you know, I know it's pretty easy to shit on Joe Buck, uh, so therefore I will. There's like, and he's one of the better of the manufactured guys. It's just like everywhere. We just have these guys who... They just, there's just that, that personality thing is missing and the just kind of not, you know, just this sort of ability to go off script and sort of just, just be in the moment and just be such a professional and being so smart and so talented to be able to, to, to be able to inject your personality and, and your whole thing, but also keep it about the game and not make it about you. That's such a, that's. I don't know what happened, but there's like all these great guys who were able to do that. Al, Al Michaels is still around. He's a he's a gem. He's a treasure. Uh, Dickie V. He's still around. Uh, yeah, I mean Vin Scully retired what five years ago. He's still around. I still enjoy seeing. He does a he's pretty active on Twitter. Vin Scully, who just turned uh, ninety four, I believe, yesterday, celebrating his birthday. Um, but these guys, and same thing in wrestling. It's just this time of year when I go back and I watch these old Survivor Series matches and I hear Gorilla Monsoon and I hear Bobby Heenan and I hear uh, you know Jesse Ventura and Jim Ross and these guys and then it's like, and then you turn on today's thing and man, I know he's a hardworking guy and this guy probably eats more shit than anybody in the history of the wrestling business, Michael Cole. But I can't stand, I've never... He's been in the WWE since 1997, and he's been the lead play-by-play -play guy for, uh, I don't know, since 2009 maybe, somewhere in there. I mean, kind of like JR. Jim Ross was still around as the lead guy in 2007, 2008. It was somewhere in 2008, 2009 they moved Jim Ross over to SmackDown, and it was kind of obvious, like, okay, they're kind of pushing him out the door, and he would just show up once in a while, do the big matches and stuff here and there, but it was mostly Michael Cole. And I think Michael Cole just stinks. My God, he's it's impossible to listen to him. 
20 some odd years later. But the thing about Michael Cole is going back and watching some of the from like 10 years ago, Michael Cole in the broadcast booth had this sort of heel persona, which was incredibly obnoxious, just really annoying. But you got to see his personality. And he would have zingers for pe- I mean, it was like, holy shit, who is this guy? Is this the real Michael Cole? He's a fucking ball buster. And then you find out it's, you know, it's Vince McMahon is feeding him a lot of these insults and things. But uh, he seems like a, a genuinely decent fella, Michael Cole. And I can't imagine, I mean, he has had Vince McMahon literally screaming in his ear for over two decades in that announce table. And I can't imagine what that must be like, the pressure of that. And uh, so I give him credit, but boy, it's just everything is clearly, he is just like right off the, the assembly line. He is just so manufactured. It's just, it's Vince feeding him lines. He's just doing exactly as he's told. Once in a while you hear him break and he does a little, you know, does a little ad lib for about three seconds. And it's like, ah, oh, this guy could, this guy might actually be pretty good if they just let him go. But they don't do that anymore. They just want... You know, you listen to all these announcers. I don't know which. I don't know who's who. Uh, and that's that's just part. That's such a great part of watching sports and watching something that has a play-by-play team. Is they enhance the whole thing. What does Jim Ross say? Uh, that's the the you know the action happening in the ring or on the field or whatever. That's the that's the music. And the and the announcers provide the lyrics, which is a cool way of looking at it. I don't know if I fully complete. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's a it's a it's a solid uh, you know it's a solid solid analogy. And yeah, watching these football games, like okay, I know Jim Nance, Jim Nance's voice, although he's you know I don't know how much personality he injects into the game uh, compared to like a Dickie V, you know Bill Walton who I find insufferable. But at least you know when you're if you're watching a game that he's doing the commentary for. Now he's one that makes it a little too much about himself. He's doing the Bill Walton show when it should be about the what's happening on the basketball court, but but Bill Walton loves Bill Walton, that's for sure. I went to a Grateful Dead concert back in 19 19- Who cares about the Grateful Dead Bill Walton? Shut up about the Grateful Dead. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, but it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a dying breed of these, of these guys who are just sort of larger than life, but are able to still make the, uh, the spotlight be on the product. And, uh, you know, Jerry Remy was another one of those guys and now he's gone. He's dead. I mean, he's dead gone. Not like out of the, bro- I mean, that's just, I still forget that sometimes I forget like as a, you think about like the next year's Red Sox season and how much, even though we, you know, he was doing the cancer treatments and still managed to be in the broadcast booth so much in those final years, even up until what was it, July or August, that he was still in the broadcast booth. And then he had the, you know, he had the tubes in him and stuff, but he was still able to throw out the first pitch in the playoff game. And you think, okay, well, that doesn't look, that's not a great visual as far as like, oh man, you know, he needs to. He needs to have that even for, you know, to not be able to, to, to unhook himself for, you know, two minutes to walk out to the mound and throw a pitch. But it's like, hey, he's throwing a pitch, though. So Remdog looks like, you know, he's still fighting. And then he passes away, what, a month ago? 
month. Yeah, it was not that long ago. And, uh, yeah, he's another one of those personalities where it's just, you know, and, and baseball lends itself to those personalities a little bit better because there's so much downtime in the middle of the game that they have to be able to spin a good yarn, have a fun anecdote, some stories, just some just some nonsense to talk about. And uh, and he was one of those ones who could do it. And, I mean, Vince Scully was in the broadcast booth by himself. <laughs> he didn't. He was so good he didn't need anybody. And, uh, yeah, there's there's just a lot of these guys that are they've long since retired or passed away, which is, again, why I'm looking forward to the Christmas Day special that they're going to have on John Madden because he's been I, – I forget, like, he retired the same year that my oldest child was born. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It's been almost 13 years since he called a game. And it was, yeah, that was, that was depressing because he was one of my favorites. John Madden, I love John Madden for the same reasons that I loved Gorilla Monsoon in the WWF broadcast booth. And yeah, so, so seeing Dickie V, it's, it, you know, it's just like, come on, man, it's, it's too much to have like all these guys who have retired over the last, uh, however many years, a bunch of guys in college football that I like to, uh, you know. Brent Musburger, and that was another one that was just like, ah, it's it's a voice of college football. It's a, it's a voice of autumn. And I guess, I think he still does, what was he doing, like Raiders broadcasts on radio? I don't know if he still even does that. I don't know what he does. But he, I, I don't know if he got, I don't know if it was like a full Me Too kind of thing, but there was some, there was some weird stuff with him, but not anything, I, I don't know, not enough, like he still was working. I think he was just like a little, I think he was more like kind of creepy old man rather than physically actually, you know, doing something horrible. Um, so I don't know, but that was a, you know, and uh, yeah, Keith Jackson was one. I mean, he's, didn't he die in the last year or two? And he hasn't, I mean, 2006 was the last time he called a game. Vern Lundquist, there's all these just, these voices that I, you know, these old timers, they're now old timers and there's so few of them left. And so I treasure that, uh, you get to still, still hear Al Michaels. Uh, you still get to hear Al Michaels every Sunday night, uh, doing, uh, doing the Sunday night game, even though you have to suffer through Chris Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth, smart guy, seems like just, again, just a lovely fellow. These pe- they're all these like nice guys. But I cannot, I just can't stand, I don't care what Chris Collinsworth is saying. I can't, I can't stand his voice. I just can't stand, I just, I can't even do it. I can't do Chris Collinsworth. Uh, it's just like this gravelly sort of, I, I don't know. And he's a, he seems like such a good dude. You know, I know somebody who was on a cruise and met him and he was just couldn't be a nicer guy. You know, he was perfectly happy to be like, you know, hey, can I have your auto? Hey, Chris Collinsworth and talk football. You know, he was just like, he's a good guy, but I just can't. It was, you know, he's the guy who replaced Madden. And it was, you know, it was Pat Summerall and John Madden for all those years. I loved that pairing, even though I think Pat Summerall couldn't stand Madden at, at a certain point. But that also helped make it better in a lot of ways. And, uh, and then it was John Madden and Al Michaels on on abc for a while doing monday night football then they moved to nbc doing sunday night football and yeah i i had hoped 
you know, this is just me being selfish. I had hoped that instead of retire, I, I had hoped that after retirement, after like a year, Madden would be itching to come back and then they'd give him some kind of deal like Brock Lesnar has in WWE where he only has to do one game a month or something like that. And then like the really big games and that way, cause he doesn't fly. John Madden doesn't fly. He takes the Madden cruiser or used to take the Madden cruiser everywhere. So he's in this big bus with his whole team and his sons and whoever else is with him. And he takes the bus all, you know, coming from Oakland, if you got to do a game in Miami. Yeah. I would imagine that that's a little, that's a little tiresome. So I would, I had hoped maybe they would let Madden just come back and just do West coast games or do, uh, you know, if there was just a huge game, then he would do the the really big game and, you know, maybe do like six games a year or something like that. But, uh, oh, well. But that's, that's just these these guys are disappearing. And so Dickie V at age 82, you know, after cancer took Jerry Remy and, you know, these other folks, reti- Vince Scully's retired and, and so on and so forth. I was like, ah, another another legend you know, stricken with cancer. I know Dickie V's not a young, a young, a young pup by any means. The fucking guy's eighty-two. But you, you say, oh no, is this? Have we heard the last of Dick Vitale in the broadcast booth? And I was thrilled. And I'm sure some people feel about Dick Vitale as I do about Chris Collinsworth, where they, I'm sure people maybe can't stand to hear his voice. I'm that's not it for me. When I turn on a game. And I don't know who the who the team is, and I hear Dick. I hear, oh, he's a he's a diaper dandy, and I'm like, oh, good, it's Dickie V. I'm definitely gonna watch this game because I want to hear Dickie V's voice. I just he's so I I always liked his appearances on Mike and Mike, any of the other shows. He doesn't do them so much. I mean, Mike and Mike doesn't exist anymore, but he doesn't do a lot of those radio appearances. But it's always just good to hear him and hearing him get emotional like that is you know. Brings it. It's hard not to get emotional, you know, knowing how much he loves that job. And he, I mean, forty years or so, right? He's been doing that. He was a, <laughs> I guess, a you would say not not a terribly successful coach, uh, and an incredibly successful broadcaster, and an even more successful human being because he does so much. You know, the V Foundation and all these charities and kids, and he's just you couldn't. I don't know that you could have a better person representing. Uh, ESPN representing the game of basketball. So I hope Dickie V. He he frequently updates his Twitter, you know, with his you know his operations and things like that. And uh, it was great to see him doing games over the weekend. I hope he's coming back and having many many games this year. I hope he has a long way to go. One thing I realized over the weekend as I was watching Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan, who are both long dead. Gorilla Monsoon died in 1999. When Gorilla Monsoon died, he was in he had been in rough shape for years prior to that. When I started watching wrestling, I remember seeing Gorilla Monsoon. He looked like he was 100 years old uh, when I started watching wrestling in the early 90s. And Gorilla Monsoon was kind of in his in his prime, I would say, in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s with Jesse Ventura and then with Bobby Heenan, and that was the best. It was only like 2 years that he was that's the crazy thing. When people talk about Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, the best broadcast team of all time. Now they were together on TV for for a number of years, but they never did pay-per-views or big events together. It was always Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan did primetime wrestling and these other shows. 
and that's where they uh, kind of built their their whole shtick and their rapport together. They would do these shows. Um, it wasn't until the early 90s that they started doing pay-per-views together. I believe WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania 7, Gorilla and Bobby. SummerSlam 91, Gorilla, Bobby, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Survivor Series 91, Gorilla and Bobby. Royal Rumble 92, uh, Tuesday in Texas, the oft-forgotten pay-per-view Tuesday in Texas, 1991, Gorilla and Bobby Heenan. 92 Royal Rumble, Gorilla and Bobby Heenan. 1992, WrestleMania 8, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. The next couple of SummerSlam and Survivor Series was Vince McMahon and Bobby Heenan. Royal Rumble 1993, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. That was their last pay-per-view that they broadcast together. And then a few months later, they were... And during this, they both hosted Wrestling Challenge, which was like a weekly... It was like the you know the big popular wrestler coming out and beating up some local asshole in two seconds. And they that's where they did a lot of their broadcasting together. So when you, what was that? WrestleMania 7 through Royal Rumble 93. Less than two years. Uh, <laughs> uh, one, two, three, four five, six, seven pay-per-views. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan did seven pay-per-views together. That's it. And they are considered the greatest announced team of all time in pro wrestling. I consider them to be uh, nobody. There's not, the, the next best doesn't even come close. Some of you know, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, great, doesn't even come close. Uh, Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan, yeah, it's fine. It's no, nobody, Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole and whoever, you know, he's stuck with. Nobody, nobody comes close to Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan as far as I'm concerned. And I was thinking about it. Gorilla Monsoon, he would be uh, 84 if he were alive today. In other words, he'd be two years older than Dick Vitale. If Dick Vitale never broadcast another game, he made it to 82 broadcasting games, which means that if Gorilla Monsoon retired at 82... Gorilla Monsoon would have been broadcasting wrestling pay-per-views until two years ago. Bobby Heenan is seven, would have been 70, I think he's two years old. I think he would have, I think Bobby Heenan would be 76, 77, 78, somewhere between 76 and 78 if he were still alive. I think he's two years older than my dad. He's the same age as Al Michaels. (laughs) So when I think about that, in some alternate reality somewhere, Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan have been doing wrestling pay-per-views for 30 years together. Somewhere, in some alternate timeline where they they stayed healthy, they didn't get cancer, they didn't get sick, they took care of themselves, uh, they're, they're, still doing, they're still doing pay-per-views until maybe two years ago. And then maybe during the pandemic they retired. <laughs> it's isn't it, that's crazy, and yet Gorilla Monsoon has been gone for twenty two years. Bobby Heenan's been gone now for three, four years, but hadn't made a wrestling appearance in, in uh, over over a decade. I want to say two thousand seven in WWE. Maybe he made an appearance for TNA somewhere after that, but. You know, that's about it. So it's it's like, wow, these guys are just, you know, and, and Madden, it's just like, selfishly, Madden is alive and well, and he's been around, even though he hasn't done a, a broadcast in 13 years, I think, God, we could have had 13 more years of John Madden doing these games, and I know that would have probably killed him, 
because it's exhausting. He he made a good choice for himself. He said, "You know what? I've I've done everything I can. My last broadcast was a Super Bowl, the biggest game of the year, and I'm done doing this traveling around the country in a bus thing. I get it. I don't. I wouldn't want to do that." <laughs> Even though it's not the whole year, it's still like when you have to do that between August and February, that's a lot. You know? uh, but yeah, selfishly, I wish that he – and I'm hoping with this special coming up that there's that's an excuse to get him in the booth somewhere. It's I think it's on Fox. I think the John Madden special is going to be on Fox. And so for me, I say, okay, great. Have the John Madden Christmas Day interview documentary special thing, whatever it's going to be. And then please, please have him in the, uh, <laughs> please have him show up in the broadcast booth somewhere just to, uh, just to, just to, you know, maybe for, maybe sit in for a quarter just to talk, just to hear John Madden. I used to, I, I've to, I used to listen to Daily Madden, it was a podcast. It was a radio out in Oakland. I've I've said this before. Some local local radio show out in Oakland, and every morning John Madden would call in and they'd talk to him about nothing. They talking about bocce ball. They talking about football. Talk about whatever. Talking about anything that was you know just whatever. Whatever he wanted to talk about. It's kind of you know it's just fun. And uh, it was a I, I I enjoyed it. It went away for a while. It came back. Like two or three years ago, I remember I was on the train coming home from Boston, and I said, "Hey, I wonder, wonder if Daily Madden, if they, if he ever came back on that show." And sure enough, there it was. In 2016, 17, he came back because uh, I think he, I think he stopped doing it in 2015, and then he came back like a year later. But he only did it for another year or so, and then just as soon as I found it and started listening to it, he he ended it a few weeks later. Uh, so I just, I just love hearing that. I just love hearing John Madden talk about, you know, football, turducken, you know, food, just talking about food, (laughs) bocce ball. I don't know. It's these, I, I guess it's, you know, clearly it's one of those things where these are people who are my parents' age and my friend's parents' age, ages, and, there's there's a lot fewer of them doing this stuff anymore. So hearing voices like that, because yeah, there are there are you hear people talk and they sound like that generation. So there's not a lot of World War II greatest generation folks alive anymore. And the ones that are, I I anytime anytime I see them on any, I mean, Christ, it, it seems like once in a blue moon you see somebody who's like 90 something who fought in World War II shows up on Prices Right. And he's like, "Oh, Drew, I'm 97 years young and I'm here winning big on the Prices Right." That's like holy shit. And that used to be what every voice sounded like on TV. You know, you go back 30 years, 30, 40 years in the 80s and the early 90s, that was the end of, you know, Johnny Carson and all these these people that were my grand, you know, grandparents' age, who people who were born in the the nineteen teens and the nineteen twenties, and now you're seeing the end of people who were born in. I mean, Vin Scully was the last of that generation, and that's why I loved listening to him because he sounded like his voice. He reminded me of my grandparents the way he talked, even though 
probably resembled them in no real major way other than being in that generation, but just the cadence and the way that he pronounced certain words. And there's a certain generational kind of sound. And Vin Scully being the last of that generation to retire a few years ago, I can't think of anybody else who is that age um, who's old enough to have, let's say, served in World War II. Uh, I don't know of anyone who's really, you know, any prominent people on TV still talking like that. As I love, I love to hear Betty White. She hasn't been around. And she's about to turn 100. And hearing her talk, she sounds just like my grandmother. But that's not because of any, you know, common. They just, that's what that generation sounded like. And uh, so now you're, you're hearing the end of, you're hearing the end of the, that sort of post- like pre-boomer and boomer generation that's uh, that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of fading away as well. So I guess that's the sadness, is it's hearing people, hearing people on TV and radio who sound like my parents and my grandparents, and they're, they're rapidly <laughs> going away. They're retiring, they're, they're passing away. And, and now you've got, you've got this generation who's, yeah, my age and and you know twenty years older. That's uh, sort of that you know the post boomer Gen X Y Z millennial whatever it is, and a lot of these guys just sound so, just so manufactured, and just uh, you know and and they don't have you know they don't even have the old time radio you know talk show sports guy and welcome to the big championship matchup today we got that. That's not something they don't teach you that in broad. In fact, they teach you don't sound like that anymore. They've completely, uh, yeah, they've completely pushed away from that. Just even that style of announcing. So when you hear some of these guys, that's why I love listening to Dan Patrick on his radio show. I love listening to Tony Tony Kornheiser on his show because they sound familiar. They sound like people, you know, relatives or family friends or friends parents that kind of thing and uh yeah it's getting to where in the in the next uh 10 years or so those guys you know sooner than 10 years for some but in the next 10 years you'll hear you'll hear less and less of those guys howard stern oddly enough there's sometimes where i just i hear howard stern say something and it's like oh my god this is this is almost verbatim stuff that my my dad has said to me when Howard Stern is kind of in his, um, you know, Howard Stern has not been the most, uh, you know, has, has not been the most, um, oh, I don't, I don't know, the cleanest, right? I mean, it's Howard Stern. For years and years, it was just, you know, toilet shit and lesbians and balloons filled with pee and all this crap. And now he's a little bit, he's older and he's he's settled down a little bit more. He's kind of turned away from a lot of the shock jock stuff. Uh, he still has his strong opinions on everything, and he still has you know the best interviews that you're going to hear with celebrities. Um, but there's just times where he's just kind of he's just kind of uh, you know he's pontificating, and he'll he'll or he's giving advice to somebody on his staff that's younger, people in their twenties, thirties. 40s on his staff that he you know he sees them as he doesn't see them as sons but you know gives them that fatherly advice and he'll he'll give them this advice that to me is is maybe a little bit dated 
and uh, but it's it's all coming from a good place, and it's you know it's just super super sweet, and it reminds it's like oh my god, this is it's, he sound I can't believe I'm at a point where I listen to Howard Stern. I'm like God, he sounds just like my dad. Howard Stern sounds just like my dad, or sometimes he sounds like my mom. It's just funny, and those voices, yeah, those voices on radio and those voices on TV, they're 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 disappearing, and uh, yeah, it makes me sad. And then you're kind of left with. You know, I watch Raw and the the, the big new uh, color commentary guy on SmackDown is Pat McAfee, who I absolutely cannot stand. In and he's in that same vein of like, you know, just like Joe Rogan, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, just kind of like dude bro. Uh, you know, he's he's too much. And there's going to be a generation if Pat McAfee sits in that broadcast chair. For years and years, there's going to be a generation that's like, I don't know, my kid's age or something, or they're teenagers now who love his his whole shtick. And he'll he'll be an old timer someday and he'll retire. There'll be some asshole talking into his phone like I am. It won't be a phone. He'll be talking into some like some holographic some he'll just be he'll just be thinking the thoughts in his head and that will that will transcribe into a podcast somewhere. He'll just be broad. You'll be broadcasting brainwaves to your listeners. <laughs> but anyways, some some asshole will be doing whatever the twenty years from now equivalent of a podcast is, and he'll be saying, "Oh man, you know they don't make him like Pat McAfee anymore. He was just he." And it's and I get the irony because Pat McAfee does not sound manufactured. Pat McAfee is bringing his own style and his own personality, and he's in- injecting energy and life into. A, what is oftentimes a pretty lifeless show. So it's it's one of those like, okay, Hopkins, what do you what do you want? Michael Cole's too manufactured. Pat McAfee doesn't sound manufactured. Yeah, but he's like, oh, he's just I, I, he doesn't annoy me. But it's uh, I don't know. There, I guess there's just something there's just something that I want from my broadcast team that I that I feel as though it is difficult to find. Uh I loved I loved Mauro Ranallo when he was in NXT. That was somebody that I thought, okay, this is like this is the next Gorilla Monsoon, Jim Ross. He's he's the heir apparent to that throne. And uh yeah, he's he's gone <laughs> from WWE. He left a year year ago, year and a half ago. So I don't know. Uh but there's yeah. There's just so so few of these guys left. One guy I'm enjoying is this uh, Dan. Uh, what the f- what the hell is his name? God damn it! Yeah, my mind, my mind's going. It's just going. Dan something. Uh, Hu- Hubert, Dan Herbert, Hobart, Hubert, top America's top team. Let's see, he's on AEW. Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert. He founded America's Top Team in 2001 to build a world-class training facility where MMA fighters get all their training. So he's like an MMA trainer guy. But I'll tell you what, this guy has been on AEW for the last uh, however long year. I don't know how long it's been. Uh, He has been on this. AEW show with you know he he's kind of the leader of this group of MMA guys and wrestlers trying to beat up Chris Jericho and his his boys in the inner circle and this guy 
is such an obnoxious prick and he's such a coward and he's such a little bastard and you just want to see him get his ass kicked and it is so and he he has a face that you you want to punch and it's so Bobby Heenan there's there's such a familiarity to me with Bobby Heenan with this Dan Lambert character cuz he'll come out and he shits on all the people in the hometown and he does it in such a way he has this weasley voice he doesn't sound like Bobby Heenan, but he has an equally, you know, Bobby Heenan was known as the weasel. And this guy, Lambert, he sounds like he's very weaselly. He's just a weasel. And uh, and you love seeing him get his ass kicked, and he's a real prick. Um, but you love to hate him. It's not one of those like, oh, I can't stand this guy. Get him off my TV. It's like this guy, I want to see him get his ass kicked. I love this guy. So there are – and then on AEW, you can hear Jim Ross and you can hear Tony Schiavone. And a younger fella named Excalibur, and you can hear some of these some of these younger guys and some of the older guys, and it, if that makes me at least feel good, like okay, we we still get we still get some of the some of the classic voices in wrestling that we still we still actually want to hear them, Vince McMahon. Believe it or not, we don't just want to hear Michael Cole and the five thousand Michael Cole clones who can't be differentiate differentiated from one another. We actually want to hear some, you know. Maybe somebody who doesn't sound like that. Um, and then when you bring in – and then we don't want it to all just be like party, but we don't want like Gronk and <laughs> and, uh, and the other guy that I just said, McAfee. Um, but anyway. But he does – but Pat McAfee does have an energy and he really gets into the product and he's up you know, dancing on the announce table and doing all this stuff that nobody would ever do. And he has – he can afford to be like that too probably because – he has a very successful show, his own podcast, all this other stuff that he does. And he was in the NFL for, I'm sure he's got some money. He was a kicker. Uh, so I'm sure he's hopefully has a, a war chest that he was able to, to put together from that. Uh, so that's probably a good thing. I, I shouldn't, I should just be celebrating Pat McAfee because when I really think about it more and more, this is exactly what I'm talking about that's been missing from WWE's product is somebody who doesn't sound like every other goddamn asshole on that show. Even Corey Graves, who had a very unique style and in, in a, in a different sort of voice, uh, they brought him from NXT over to the main roster, and he he still has that, but it sounds like a very Vince McMahon sort of manufactured version of that. And I, I wonder if Pat McAfee, I think, I think they'll probably try to tame Pat McAfee, and Pat McAfee will say, look, if you don't like what I'm doing, it's no hard feelings. I got a bunch of other shit that generates a pretty substantial income for me uh, i'd love to be here and work with you guys but if not that's fine this is take it or leave it this is how i work this is how this is my style um so maybe that's a good thing so you know what i take it i'm not gonna shit on pat mcafee i don't i don't love i don't love the guy but he is exactly what i've just been complaining about for the last 20 minutes that's missing from wrestling and from sports so whatever Good for you, Pat McAfee. <laughs> uh, okay. Wow, this was an hour. It was supposed to just be five minutes of NFL picks. Uh, but, man, we talked about Tiger Woods. We talked about football, NFL picks, talking about broadcasters, how happy I am that Dickie V is still around doing his thing. I hope that continues for many more years. I really do. And I hope that it's, I hope that it's one of those things where when it's time to go, Dick Vitale is able to say, hey, you know what? Uh, this uh, this is going to be my final game, and, and then I'm going to ride off into the sunset. 
Uh, you know, because like, yeah, Jerry Remy didn't really get to do that. He was he was just there one day and then gone the next, and then we'll, he'll never go back to the broadcast booth. So, whereas, yeah, I th- you know, or at least just be able to say, okay, I've done, you know, Madden, Madden didn't come to the Super Bowl and say, hey, everybody, this is my last game. I'm retiring after this. No, a couple months later, he came out and said, with tears in his eyes, he said, I'm, I'm retiring. And he had grandkids and stuff who were pretty young, and he wanted to see their games and their sports and all, you know, spend time with them as, as anybody would want to. And guy made, the guy not only made a ton of money, that's past tense. He is making and will continue to make a shit ton of money forever because there's a little video game that people who don't even know who the hell John Madden is play by millions and millions of copies every year called Madden Football. My kids know who Madden is just because they know Madden Football. They don't know who Madden is, they but they know his name. And it's like I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of kids out there who probably a don't know who John Madden is and b don't even know that he's still alive. So hopefully, and I know they're not going to tune in on kids are not tuning into the Fox Network because kids are they're not watching anything that's not on their iPad or their phone. And if they are, they're watching YouTube and Twitch and all these other things. But hopefully, yeah, you know. Maybe maybe parents like me will say, come on, kids, we're all going to gather around right now. We're going to watch the John Madden special. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I hope that I hope that's a reason to bring him back, though, just to just to be in the booth one more time. Come on. I'm trying to look here. If the thing airs on Christmas, football games are going to be on December 26th. So that special will already have aired. So they're going to want they would want him in the booth, I would think, on a Sunday, a Thursday or a Sunday or yeah, see, the Raiders, of course, there's no team in Oakland anymore. Uh, you got Thursday, December 16th. Well, Chiefs at Chargers. I believe that would be on Fox, wouldn't it? So, I mean, that's not crazy. If if they had John Madden, if he got in the old Madden Cruiser one last time and headed down to Los Angeles for the Chargers game. I know he's, you know, he's Mr. Raiders, but the Raiders are going to be in Cleveland on a Saturday night. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how much sense that makes. But on December 16th, Kansas City at the Chargers. So he, that would be on Fox, I would imagine. Uh, let's see what other games are nearby. Not really any. Not oh, San Francisco. All right, Sunday, December 19th. You got Falcons at 49ers. That's uh, you know Madden's. Uh, you know he's in the Bay Area, so that maybe he'll be in the booth for that game. I'm just purely purely speculation here. Seahawks at Rams. Hey, maybe he can just travel to all these games <laughs> over the weekend. He can start on Thursday in uh, in Los Angeles and then go head back up for Falcons 49ers on Sunday and then be there for the first little bit and then go down to the Rams game. No, uh, and I guess that's it. Monday, December, to Vikings at Bears. I wonder if there's a Thursday night game. Well, anyway, it would be great to just have him do some promotional work and be in the broadcast booth, and have it, and not don't just spring it on us. By the way, uh, NFL have it. Jeez, oh, yeah. See, Thursday, December twenty third, 49ers at Titans. If that was Titans at 49ers, that would be perfect. Saturday, December twenty fifth, Browns, Packers, Colts, Cardinals. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, maybe that 49ers game the week before. That would be a great way to just put them in the booth. Have him, you know, have him share some stories. Just talk about the game a little bit. Just really promote the shit out of the upcoming. 
Christmas Day special. Anyway, I highly recommend it. I haven't seen it. I don't know, but it's going to be about John Madden. It's going to be an interview with John Madden. And he's alive, and it's him recently doing an interview. So that's a nice thing. Instead of looking back on on a career of a guy who's been dead for years and years, it's a guy who's very much alive, has been out of the public eye for a long time. Uh, but he's still there, he's, and he's still doing interviews, and yeah, it's great. I'm very much looking forward to it. Okay, so there you go. There's my hour-long uh, NFL picks for Week 13. Uh, maybe I'll just call this Episode 96, because I've talked about a whole lot of other things. And that's, that's how we do it on the Birthday Boy Podcast. We just don't plan, and we hit record, and whatever happens is whatever happens. Uh there is some, oh you know nah. I wanted to talk about one thing that I thought was interesting and then I'll and then I'll adjourn over the weekend somebody had posted a, a very what I thought was a very a very humorous tweet on Twitter and I need to find it yeah so this guy <laughs> at club moss at club moss posted a picture it said first thanksgiving cooking alone anyway phone is about to die ttyl talk to you later and it's a picture it's a picture of this guy has a like a cardboard uh, wardrobe box broken down flattened on, his, on the kitchen floor in front of his oven and there is a one of those cookers to you know one of those big cookers to deep fry a turkey and it's <laughs> It's hooked up to a propane tank, and the 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 deep fried turkey cooker thing is uh, and the propane tank are in the kitchen on top of the cardboard, and so yeah, first Thanksgiving cooking alone. Anyway, phone is about to die. Talk to you later, and and then he had you know just these updates of like fire department is outside. Not sure why. Got to go to work. Okay, later. And it's just, you know, it's just silliness. Obviously, he was not deep frying a turkey inside of his kitchen on top of cardboard with a giant propane tank on the floor. Um, so lots of funny responses and stuff. And I wrote, good Lord, what is the matter with you? There should also be newspaper on the floor to prevent the cardboard from being ruined. And I, I tweet a lot. This is just my personal, my personal Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I, I tweet pretty regularly. Uh, pretty often it's usually just nonsense, and usually I expect that the um, the most likely scenario is no response to my tweet, no no comments, no likes, no nothing. It's just me shouting into the void. Best case scenario is the three or four friends that I have who are also on Twitter will like my comment or engage, and we'll have a fun little exchange. I have several friends who are on Twitter, and that's. That's the thing. I want to give up Twitter and Facebook, but there's so many friends that I, that's the only way I stay in, in contact with them. And then I know if I give up Twitter and Facebook, I'm just going to make more work for myself because I'm going to have to like email people like the old days, like the dark ages, and I'm not going to do that. So I have – and then I have like a handful, three, four, or five friends on, on Twitter, and that's how we communicate. And Twitter can be a wonderful place. It's mostly a horrible place, but it can be a wonderful – smart, funny, clever, hilarious place. Um, so my tweets usually generate uh, about, you know, <laughs> zero to th- three. On a good day, I get three likes, and I say, whoa, yeah, that must have been a good tweet. I got three likes on that baby. Um, this one, 
My response, good lord, what is the matter with you? There should also be a newspaper on the floor to prevent the cardboard from being ruined. Uh, at 2,378 likes and six, and six retweets for like, that's how Twitter is too. You can say something that you think is the most clever, fun, exciting, smartest, greatest thing that's ever been, that's ever been penned or typed or tweeted and nothing. Nobody sees it. Nobody cares. Nobody responds. Nobody likes. No nothing. And you say, oh man. And, uh. I had a tweet one time, and I repeated it several times. I thought it was so clever. I said something. It was something about, I don't even remember, something about traveling back in time to stop Brett Favre from becoming my father. I don't even remember what it was. I thought it was so goddamn clever. It wasn't that clever. It's so clever I can't remember it. And <laughs> and even even the general premise of it is stupid, but uh, no activity. And then you say something stupid like, hey, you should put some newspaper down. Ha, ha, ha. And it gets thousands of likes. But that's not really what's important. What is important is that somebody said, where is it? Somebody replied to that at Brett DW4488, Brett Williams, said, you look like the yassification of Jack Black. And when I saw that, I like my fist clenched. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? What the fuck are you comparing me to Jack Black? That fat bearded son of a bitch with his dancing and his silliness. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I don't like Jack Black. <laughs> Sometimes it hits a little too close to home. Uh especially now that he's got that fucking beard and anyway. Uh so I had to look up Yassification. Yassification. Let's find it here from from the new and this is not a joke. The New York Times says that yassification is uh, to yassify something in the account's parlance is to apply several beauty filters to a picture using FaceApp, an AI photo editing application, until its subject, be that a celebrity, historical figure, fictional character of a work of fine art, becomes almost unrecognizably made up. So basically, this guy was saying that I look like if Jack Black had applied all these filters, Snapchat, Face App, whatever the hell it is, all these different, like, beautification filters. Uh, and, and one of the examples is that painting of the girl with a pearl earring, and somebody took it and made it just look like a, basically like a Kardashian with his lipstick and makeup and, you know, just looks hot. Not really, but uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It just, you know, that kind of thing. So I said, okay, well, this guy, I think this guy sort of, no, he's not he's not insulting me. He's not really complex. It's just like a funny I'm like, okay, I get it. That's funny. If you look at Jack Black with a beard, and then you look at me next to it, and it's kind of like, yeah, all right, I get it. I'm I'm the yassification of Jack Black. Because I look like if you applied a bunch of filters to Jack Black. To me, I'm taking that as like, okay, it's a compliment towards me, kind of an insult towards Jack Black. That's how I'm taking it. That's how I will continue to take it. Uh but I just I thought that was so funny. And and everybody's like, yeah, this guy saying I look like the yassification of Jack Black. This guy has almost 500 likes for that tweet talking about me looking like Jack Black. Yassificationified. And uh, so, yeah, and I responded, you should see me dance, which got a, almost 200 likes. 
And then some asshole said, no, I don't think I will. posted a meme of somebody saying, no, I don't think I will. To which I responded with a gif of Jack Black crying. which And that got like 50 likes. It's just like, it's just crazy some of this. The shit that people find entertaining and amusing on Twitter. And that's why... That's why nobody listens to the Birthday Boy podcast because my finger is very much not on the pulse of anything, anywhere. It's barely on my own pulse, let alone anybody else's. If I could figure out, you know, to be like one of these hip guys who knows what yassification is and, you know, talk the way the kids talk, then that that's a different story. But, but you know, I'm one of those voices from a bygone era. <laughs> a bygone era of that forgotten sort of cusp generation of kids born in 1980 who uh, don't really, they're not really Gen X and they're not really Gen Z and they're not really millennials and uh, they're just kind of like, they don't have a generation. They're just sort of there. I'm the voice of that generation. I'm the voice of the nothing generation. The generation that's, uh, that was too young to uh, enjoy the spoils of, being a baby boomer and having, you know, virtually no uh, college debt and a reasonably priced house to live in and not, you know, maybe spend like a year in an apartment after college because then and then just going right into a house. Uh, I'm too young to, to be in that generation. Uh, but somehow, somehow wind up in an apartment that costs no joke. I mean, like, what I what I pay for this apartment? Oh my god, the amount of house that <laughs> that can get you is is a fucking. Yeah, just uh, hopefully that comes to an end in a few months, though. Anyway, uh, so too young for that generation, but too old to be uh, part of the the YouTube and you know making millions off of making millions off of all the shit that I used to do in the '90s when there was no internet or YouTube or anything like that when all I want all I ever did was make all I ever did was create content make videos and edit them and put you know all this stuff to them and make shows and just all kinds of sh- dicking around so I was too young to to be able to monetize that stuff at a young age and uh so yeah we're right in that fun generation of of kids born in the uh in 1980 79 Maybe two seventy nine, eighty, eighty one, but really nineteen eighty. Yeah, this those kids born in seventy nine had it made. The kids born in eighty one, they're all on YouTube making millions. The nineteen eighties kids, nineteen eighty kids are just you know, we got nothing. We're nothing going on. Just a bunch of fucking assholes. Uh, I so I'm the voice of that generation. I'm the voice of nineteen eighty. I am the voice of nineteen eighty. The MF and Kid nineteen eighty is my my Twitter handle. And the Birthday Boy podcast Twitter handle is so, uh, it's like uh, pod birth cast day. So, don't even bother. It's out there on Twitter. If you can find the Birthday Boy podcast on Twitter, great. If not, you're missing absolutely nothing. So <laughs> there we go. All right. Anyway, so I'm the yassification of Jack Black, and I miss old guy announcers, and I hope to have a better week of picking football than I did last week. And now I'm actually going to go for realsies. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call this episode 96. It'd be like the old days where football picks were included somewhere in episode 96 and you had to listen to them. You had to listen to the football picks. No, you didn't. You just fast forward. You're, you just you don't have to listen to anything. 
But hopefully you've listened to this. Hopefully you're enjoying what you're hearing. I Again, trying to do this regularly. I hope you're liking it. I hope you're enjoying it. And, uh, and that's it. Have a great day. It's the last day of November. I don't know. That doesn't really mean anything, but here we go. It's December time, baby. All right. See ya.